and welcome to the Bleacher Connection presents Are You Kidding Me? With your hosts, Ken and Trevor. Trevor is at the BleacherCon 1. I am at the BleacherCon 2. You can find our Facebook page, the Bleacher Connection podcast, and where you find all of our episodes, thebleacherconnection.podbean.com. Trevor, how are you doing on this hot Wednesday night? Well, Ken, it's hot. You just said it. It looks like we're getting another heat wave in Alberta. I am very much looking forward to spending the entire weekend outside camping in uh, the Kananaskis, just outside of Calgary. So uh, we'll, we'll see if I can find some shade out there. I'm hoping it's not like my last camping trip where I had almost tornado-like winds tear my tent down on the very first night and we made a mad scramble to get back home, but all in good fun. You know, it's something new for my family and we're thoroughly enjoying it. And, you know, it's, uh, it gets us out of the house. That's all I got to say. How are things in the, uh, I would say, beautiful city of Edmonton, but I I can't. How are things in Dumpsville? <laughs> well, Edmonton is hot, uh, just like uh, your, your neck of the woods down Calgary there. It's hot and it's smoky. It, um, yeah. Know, it's unfortunate, but there's a lot of uh, forest fires in BC and it's not good there. I know uh, I had family that was supposed to be traveling up to the... Uh, central part of the province and some of them decided not to go or turn back after a little bit because a lot of the highways are closed so you get stuck that's a bad situation to be in so it's not good hopefully they can get that under control get some uh cooler wet weather in bc and put a lot of those out because there's a lot of people that are in some pretty uh not good situations right now but yeah we've already had one bad bad situation and really hope we don't see anything further and I hope everybody can stay as safe as possible and protect yourselves and protect your family and, and your possessions. That's, you know, forest fires are, are scary, scary things. Well, and that's it. We, we spoke about it was a couple of weeks ago when it was really hot in, in both it had started in BC and then came out our way that Lytton BC had set three consecutive records for hottest temperature in Canada and it was next day, a very unfortunate, very sad incident where the the town burned. There's there's nothing yeah. left. So um, really feel for those affected by it throughout. And hopefully everyone can be uh, you know safe, stay healthy, and uh, no one no one uh, loses too much because of it. Things can be replaced. People can't. So stay safe, everyone. Exactly. Yeah, that very well said, Ken. And you know, even, even just with the heat, stay safe, stay hydrated. Um, I, I know you're not supposed to drink alcoholic beverages to stay hydrated. I, I may test that this weekend a little bit. We'll, we'll see how that goes. But again, everybody stay safe and stay indoors in the AC if you can. You know, unfortunately we can't. <laughs> it, it's warm in a, both of our houses. We know that. I'm, I'm actually looking at Ken through a Zoom call here and, and I can see the heat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah what he doesn't see is i've only got a shirt on the rest of it's just you know nothing because it's just too hot so no one be was, no one will be standing up i was wondering what that smell was <laughs> so anyways we'll we'll get to the the meat of our show are you kidding me for those that may be new to the bleacher connection quite often when we do our are you kidding me episode we we only pick one or two topics and we just sound off we very unscripted. We, we don't prepare a lot. It's very from the heart. How do we really, really feel? We make some mistakes. We may state facts that are only half truths, but again, it's 
from the heart. We're doing that again this week, but it is NHL off season. And I'm sorry, Ken, there's just too much news to only do one or two topics. So we're doing a mitt full of topics. We may only hit on them for a minute or two. We'll tell you how we really feel about this stuff. And there'll be some good times to had. Ken, right off the top, there's pictures floating around out there in Tampa Bay. I I believe it's Pat Maroon who may be carrying a deformed Stanley Cup. I'm pretty sure it's true. And the Montreal Canadiens got their wish. And the Stanley Cup's now in Montreal for the next little while. Um, Getting fixed. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? If you haven't had a chance to see the picture, oh, man, take a look. This is... Are you kidding me? How do you destroy the Stanley Cup? This is impressive. Rumor is this isn't the first time this has ever happened, but I think in the the social media age, there's some pretty good visual evidence of it. We've seen trophies get wrecked before. The Grey Cup in the the Canadian Football League. Our friend Kelly Bates broke it. Our friend Kelly Bates, who we interviewed just a few weeks ago, actually broke it himself, but... Never the Stanley Cup. Like, this is, of all the major professional sports trophies, the Stanley Cup clearly stands out above all of them as, I think, iconic. And to see it damaged, oh, no. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I'm sure they could fix it, but it was just like, it was almost a kick in the nuts. It was like, that's our trophy. What have you done? Yeah, well, I'm going to take it a little bit different. There, where I'm going to say, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Is the fact that people think this is the first and only time that it has been damaged. This trophy has been handed out for decades. Decades. And to think that this is the first time the cup has ever been mistreated come on give me a break this is this is not new social media is new the the fact that you can know something seven seconds after it happened is why we know this has happened the stanley cup has been in the bottom of a pool bottom of a lake it's been run over it's been left on the side of the road after a team had a flat tire this isn't new but i mean what what are they calling it champa bay right like Tampa Bay is trying to one up every single parade they have. Now this goes back to the the lightning winning it last season. They had that boat parade. Well, that then they they all got a little sauced on that. Well, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, they go out and have their boat parade. Brady's 18 sheets to the wind. Like, I don't know if it was sponsored by like insert tequila company here or whoever else, but, Brady was wasted enough to think that firing the Lombardi trophy, what 30 feet back to Gronk and another boat was a great idea. Are you kidding me? Come on. This is not the the first time that it has been damaged. There have been other sports trophies. I can't remember what soccer European soccer league it was where the teams on a double decker bus with the open roof. They got the trophy on the front of holding it out the front of the bus. They drop it and run over it. The bus driver completely misses a trophy falling in front of his window. His windshield, and he drives over the damn thing. Are you kidding me? Come on. 
you guys, there's like three trophies. The actual first Stanley Cup is at the Hockey Hall of Fame and will never leave however thick that glass is around it. They've got multiple cups for this reason. I am pretty sure this is a party cup. So <laughs> I think each celebration nowadays is trying to see who can get drunker than the, the other one. Ovi set the bar. Like, I don't know if Ovi's liver has ever recovered, but I mean, we saw how it started right off with uh, our friend, Mr. Kucherov's press conference, how, you know, uh, lubricated he was for that. One thing I got to say to this is, man, would I ever love to, to have drinks with the keeper of the cup? Because boy, oh boy, I'm sure he has some very wonderful stories of things that he has seen. And I'm imagining most of them are more R-rated than the PG-rated. Um, he would have some absolutely phenomenal stories. I, I would love to sit and drink a case of beer or 20 with him and, and just get him sauced and get those lips flapping. Man, would that be amazing. If there is someone who has signed more NDAs than Donald Trump, oh, it's him right there. Because there's yes, no way exactly. the teams want this getting out of what they do with that cup. Oh, bing, 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 bing. <laughs> He's got more side deals than, than I think the Vegas Golden Knights had going on heading into the expansion draft. Like the, the shit he knows about that Stanley Cup has got to be just something else. There's a reason oh, he wears gloves when he wears it. Yeah, exactly. He's afraid his hands are going to fall off. I want to take this back to Tampa Bay for a second. And clearly there's something in the water in Tampa Bay. It's not the same stuff as in the water in Edmonton, that's for sure. No. Man, man, does that city and those sports teams know how to party and celebrate championships? He just mentioned it, Tom Brady. The lightning damn near dropping the cup in the bay as well and whipping around on, uh, like, uh, Cedus and stuff like that city unfortunately they're getting good at it knows how to party and there is just something else going on there i'm highly jealous i am so jealous i i don't know what i would do to get to celebrate a championship for one of my teams guts come close when the raptors won the championship in what in 2019 but again like that's in toronto all we saw was like video of the parades and shit it jealous just yeah. jealous yeah, well, and if analytics didn't cost uh, the Tampa Bay Rays, they could have had three champions in that city in one season. So Very possible. Well, and four championships. Because it's really only been a year. Like yeah. The Tampa Bay Lightning victories were eight months apart or something like that, nine months apart. Like, you're talking two championships in, in under a year. Like, that's just insane. I, that team's not going to make the playoffs next year because their livers are going to be so fried. And the one thing, just while we're talking about Tampa Bay and the champion, it just dawned on me, as you said, the two championships so close together. This is Tampa Bay's third Stanley Cup win. And the fact that there's so many people out there saying that none of them or this one is the closest they've been to a legitimate championship. Are you kidding me? Like, they are a three-time Stanley Cup champion. Their cups are legit. They still had to win the games. Yeah, I I guess I'll agree with you on that one. I'm I think the Calgary Flames Twitter feed put it best when they congratulated the Tampa Bay Lightning on two of their championships. 
and there there may or may not be an asterisk beside the third one but like you said ken they've won three anybody who says they haven't won three get over it this is a a, actually a really good story in the nhl where one of the what was supposed to be franchises that would never work uh, is now a three-time championship franchise is probably the model franchise in the nhl right now when you talk about the last decade they've been the team they've been there almost every year the the talent that they can acquire the talent that they draft the tampa bay lightning are the model franchise in the nhl right now and if you don't like that suck it up it's the truth yeah they've got what three cups in 17 years that's pretty good that's pretty damn good especially considering they didn't think it was ever ever going to work there how are you ever going to get a player to want to play in florida well i'm pretty sure they figured that shit out really quickly and players are lining up to play in florida it is i would live there you asked me can i live in calgary or florida well if it wasn't for family reasons he damn right i'd live in florida <laughs> <laughs> Well, Ken, what's 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 got your ire this week? Well, I just got to say, we kind of touched on it a little, about, a little while ago, a week or so ago, with the Duncan Keith rumors. Well, there are rumors no more. Duncan Keith moved from Chicago to the Edmonton Oilers for Caleb Jones and a conditional third-round pick, where if the Oilers go to the Stanley Cup and Duncan Keith plays on his left skate 90% of the time and shoots upside down five times on net, they get it goes to a second pick. It's a conditional third-round pick, which does get go to a second if the Oilers go to the Cup. If he's in the top four, I believe, in minutes in the yeah. first three rounds, there's a whole lot of not going to happen in there. It's a third-round pick. Because Duncan Keith, are you kidding Sucks. me? He Sucks. is not a impact player anymore, but we'll say it. I don't, it's not a bash Duncan Keith. It's a, I don't, you know, it's not a hate Duncan Keith. It's a Ken Holland. Are you kidding me? What are you doing? You gave up a young defenseman, a draft pick, and Chicago retained zero of that monster cap hit he is bringing for a 38-year-old defenseman with two years left on his contract. Are you well, kidding me? Well, but you didn't mention that they $5.38 million. Like, we're not talking a 38-year-old defenseman that that is only making $2 million a year. Had there been salary retention in this trade, I could have gone on board with it. I could have been like, you know what? I get why maybe they would want to do this. They want to have a mentor because they got a young blue line. They got a bunch of young players who clearly can't hack it when the going gets tough. I can understand wanting to bring in the leadership. It it worked with Mike Smith to some extent last year, but Mike Smith didn't perform on the playoffs either. I can get behind that. But the fact that you at Chicago bent over a barrel and could have essentially taking them to task they had no leverage and you went and pulled this deal off in early july and went oh yeah yeah that that, that's the best offer don't bs me that was not the best offer you had all the leverage here and you got fed on this deal it's absolutely ludicrous that they are picking up the whole tab here 
I don't have an issue with Caleb Jones going the other way. That's a fair to me. The actual return on it is fine. The the pick and Caleb Jones, sure. That's I got no problems with that. The salary is in, unbelievable. If I'm Connor McDavid, I'm going at what is this jackass doing? We had cap flexibility and we just brought in five point four million dollars of Duncan Keith. We could have spent that on something better than Duncan Keith. And then especially after the buyouts yesterday, maybe you could have got Ryan Suter. I don't know, but I, this is insane. I have a problem with this deal in the fact that I'm going to take it back. What was it a year or two ago where the Toronto Maple Leafs were in a position where they had got Patrick Marlowe and his money was too much for their liking. Plus they got four players signed to 98% of their cap. They wanted to make that move because they didn't want to pay him anymore. He wasn't, he isn't the Patrick Marlowe that he was. He's old. My, my first problem with this, well, you look at that, Patrick Marlowe got moved from the Leafs to the Hurricanes for the Hurricanes to buy him out and take the cap hit, but they got a first-round draft pick out of it. Toronto had to sweeten the pie to get Carolina to do that. In this case, Ken Holland sweetened the deal by throwing in the pick. There's no way in hell that the Oilers should have been That's straight out of the Jim Benning playbook. Pick. Oh, no, 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 no. Hold on. No, no. That, Tossing I, I, in the extra pick as, a, as an incentifier. That, that's straight out of the Jim Benning playbook. I tweeted this, and I said, I know Ken Holland's the GM, but this has Peter Shirelli's fingerprints all over it. Are you, what are you doing? You're paying Chicago to give up an aged player on a horrible cap hit so that Chicago can then go out and have some cap space to make a trade for Caleb's brother, Seth Jones out of uh, Columbus who wants out and they want him. I'm so, not touching Seth Jones. He can go to Chicago, go there. But that's the Edmonton paid the sweetener to this. Now, this is where I also want to say, are you kidding me, Edmonton? Ken Holland, are you kidding me? You just picked up a 38-year-old defenseman who will be 39 i believe when the season starts next year you're also trying to re-sign a goaltender who will be 40 potentially do a two-year deal and you want to have 79 years of combined age on your back end what is it so you can get a deal on metamucil what are you doing (laughs) like is there a senior discount somewhere at rexall that you need these guys to boost up your age on your team come on Ken Holland, there are better options out there. Are you kidding me? I got to take this even one step further. And they, they talk about the leadership. And that was one of the key reasons why they brought in Duncan Keith was the leadership. If that is not a major red flag against McDavid and Dreisaitl, I don't know what is. If you feel like you have to spend $5.4 million on your salary cap because you're not getting enough leadership, that's a red flag to me. Those two are phenomenal players. I would take either of them on my team, but that is, and I'm going to put, I'm going to lump Ryan Nugent Hopkins into this too. He should be a leader on that team. And you feel like you have to go out and bring in this guy. That has to be alarming to that Edmonton Oilers fan base that hang on. You're telling me McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, Darnell Nurse, these guys aren't good enough leaders. That's a major, major red flag. 
major well, you got, problem. You got there. James Neal, Adam Larson, all those guys. Like, well, they're they all won't have Adam Larson long. No, not this deal caught could have cost them Adam Larson. Would you rather have Adam Larson or Duncan Keith? Oh, exactly. Like I, I get the moves made because of Clefbaum. Obviously, he's not coming back, and that's too bad because Clefbaum actually looked like he was going to be a legit player. I want to take this back to Ken Holland, though. I think we're letting him off easy here. Ken Holland's track record as the Edmonton Oilers general manager is horrific. Everybody's saying, oh, he's turned this team around. That's a bunch of bullshit. Ken Holland inherited a team that had Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl on it. Ken Holland has done his best to ruin it. Ken Holland has done his best to Peter Shirelli, the Edmonton Oilers. He's given up two seconds, two thirds, a fourth, and a fifth. Here's the list of players he's gotten back in those trades. Anthony Seal, James Neal, Tyler Ennis, Dmitry Kulikov, Duncan Keith, Mike Green. He has signed Zach Cassian to a four-year extension at $3.2 million per year. The Nugent Hopkins contract isn't terrible, but those, those later ends could be very, like that year six, seven, and eight are very questionable. He signed Kyle Turris to two years, $3.3 million. What has he done to make this team better? If I'm 97, I'm going, oh my God. I, I gave you guys a discount at only 12 and a half million. The guy should be signed for 15 million. They gave, he gave them two and a half million dollars, if not more cap space every year. And they are screwing this up. I'm sorry. And this pains me to say this. The Edmonton Oilers should be a Stanley cup contender. They should be when you have Connor McDavid on your team, they aren't. And this is, I don't know how long this is going to last for. I don't know how long Ken Holland can keep screwing this up for. I'm fascinated to see what this team does for the rest of this off season. Fascinated because you've already made one terrible move. You, you better correct this somehow. Yeah. Uh, all I got to say is Ken Holland. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? All right, Trevor, what's the next one that caught your eye? Well, we're coming up on the expansion draft and I've got a couple things here that I just kind of want to quickly go over. News came out today that Jeff Skinner waived his no-movement clause so the Buffalo Sabres could leave him exposed. Well, no shit. You think? I'm I'm pretty sure the Buffalo Sabres are not worried about getting picked, him getting picked. They might pay 10 first-round picks just to get this picked. Like, what's he got left? Six years at $9 million per year? Like, this Jeff Skinner has the worst contract, I think, in NHL history. Yeah, I'll trade my no-move clause. I'll, I'll do you guys a solid here. Just, yeah, he ain't going you, anywhere. You can expose me. Like, are you effing kidding me? Like, come on, Jeff Skinner. That That is absolutely ridiculous. Like, this is kind of not quite on the same level. When Milan Lucic waived his no-trade clause here with the Calgary Flames. So it's like... Yeah, well, of course he did. Like, what were you expecting? Like, these guys know they're not going to get taken. And and at least in the Milan Lucic, it was so the Flames could protect another player. But Jeff Skinner, it's like, really? Thanks, yeah. buddy. You, I don't think – I don't know who that's buddy. helping. That's not helping. The Buffalo Sabres don't have anyone you really want to take anyway. So what does it matter? Is I mean, is there anyone on that team that – like, 
Rusalina is going to get protected. Darlene's going to get protected. Yeah, Eichel maybe. Yeah, maybe they'll leave Eichel unprotected. Yeah, I, I, it's just, I. This is there's not much more kidding? to add here. This is this is a who cares, Jeff Skinner? Exactly. It's not. Are like, you kidding me? It's who your, cares? Your career numbers are horrible. You're in the NHL because no one's going to buy you out at nine million a year for six years remaining. I don't well, need to go to Wild, might. Well, I don't need to go to Cap Friendly to look to grab that calculator and figure out what that buyout is because it ain't worth it. Uh, you got six years of it. Why in the hell would you want to extend it any more than that? Um, I don't know. I, maybe he can come down to the mystery on this and go on LTIR. That's the best thing we could, you know, Buffalo can kind of hope for at this point in time. Well, I heard this one today on the local radio in Calgary. Jeff Skinner put up those points playing with Jack Eichel. <laughs> like, imagine what he's going to do when Eichel's not there. One goal, three assists, minus 97. And then we'll go, well, then we'll get through the all-star break and we'll, you know, he might double that. Well, we were just kind of joking about Jeff Skinner potentially getting bought out and how that would never happen. Well, filed under things that I thought would never happen, but did. Holy God, the Minnesota Wild buying out Zach Parise. And uh, sorry, who was, uh, sorry, just having a blank here. Ryan Suter. And Ryan Suter, sorry, absolutely just drew a blank there. I was, I was looking at my, uh, at the my Mark Giordano note, and I was just like, Prise and Suter being bought out. Okay, sure. You save $10 million this year. Uh, the next two years. I had to, I actually had to take notes on this because I didn't believe it. $10 million they saved this year. The year after that, $13 million. It's going to cost them. The two years after that, two years, it's going to cost them $14.7 million against their salary cap and then from 2025 only to 2029 it's going to cost them 1.6 million dollars per season i understand that there is expansion draft ramifications around this i i can guess understand that but you're saving 10 million this year to lose 27 million dollars on your cap over the next three seasons combined. This bio, sorry, these bios make no sense. They make no sense. You saved one year. What is that? And they're talking about, oh, the wild might be in on Jack Eichel. They got to 10 million. Who cares? You can't pay anyone else after that. You literally save $0 after that first year because their deals cost you 15 anyways. So you're not saving anything of worth of worth. You've got Fiala who's going to get need to get paid. You've got to pay Kaprizov, rookie of the year. Unless you well, really Kaprizov want- supposedly turned down eight years at nine million per year. He's probably looking at these pilots going, I ain't signing that long. Yeah, <laughs> not he, wants, hell. he wants 11. He's, he like, thinks- he's like, get me the hell out of here. This is yeah. bullshit. <laughs> number one bullshit. Um yeah, dude, this is number one <laughs> bullshit. All right. But the thing is, like, he thinks he's an $11 million player. You still got – they were doing – they lost Tuck and who was the other one? Uh, Halla. Eric Halla yeah. and Tuck to Vegas to protect Matt Dumba. 
So now they've lost Tuck, Hala, Suter, and Parise. Essentially to protect to Matt protect Dumba. Matt Dumba, who, by the way, is subject of trade rumors every single year. So at what point? Now, Garen didn't sign these deals. No, he didn't. The owner said, "This is these deals are on me. So Garen's not going to get fired for this. And maybe the owner is okay with losing that money and not being contending in that time, I guess. I don't know. Because it makes no sense. You can't build a team when, uh, like, that is just a stupid, it's almost one-fourth of your cap tied up in nobody. Nobody. They're gone. They're not there. Nobody. Nobody. And you have to sign other young talent. This is, like, Ryan Suter was on the phone with Zach Parisi. Oh, this is beautiful. Talking talking to him about trying to, you know, cheer him up, trying to be a good friend, good teammate. And he had mentioned that he had a missed call from Bill Guerin. Bill Guerin then phoned again during this phone call where Suter is trying to cheer up Zach Parise. Well, the phone call wasn't necessarily long, nor was it friendly when Guerin told Suter that he was buying him out to the point where Suter just kind of hung up on his ass. Now, I guess it came down to like, will you guys waive your no movement clause? No, you don't sign 13 year contracts. If you, if you're willing to move, they had the no movement clause. They got that. That wasn't Garen's doing, but Garen has to deal with an expansion draft right now. They said no. So they bought him out. So apparently I don't think Suter or Parise will be at the next Garen's barbecue. Yeah. I'm going to say no, they're not going to get the invite to the cabin at the lake. You know uh, it doesn't sound good. I, I just, Parise has little value with how he was playing because he got healthy scratched. Yeah. Whether it was in the playoffs, was playoffs or late in the season? Uh, late in the season. So first time ever, I think, that he'd ever been healthy scratched. His play has gone down. He's not the Zach Parise that signed a 13-year, $98 million contract. Ryan Suter, from what you kind of seen, what people are saying, still had value. Why the hell wouldn't you try and convince him to take a deal somewhere else, retain some salary? Why the hell weren't you phoning Ken Holland? Yeah, Ken. You, you could have got two first-round picks. You could have got the next three years worth of first-round picks, right? It doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, they've kind of put themselves behind the eight ball, behind a large boulder, on a deflating raft in the middle of a lake. I just, it makes zero sense. So I don't know. I don't know the cap gymnastics. Like we talk about the Tampa Bay lightning cap gymnastics that they have to do to kind of get under the salary cap. I'm not very interested to see what kind of cap gymnastics the Minnesota wild are going to do to field a full roster that is even remotely NHL capable. Cause you've got uh, coming up essentially $14 million of, unusable cap space that this oh. unprecedented this is just insane and you, you brought up something earlier and i'm just going to completely throw something at you do you ever think there's no movement clauses and no trade clauses do you ever think the players and the agents i don't even know if the NHL would allow this to ever have a no buyout clause in Ooh. any of these contracts you i ever don't think like you ever think one of the agents have ever gone to 
the chances you'd give us a no buyout clause? I think that conversation would be shorter than Garen and Suter talk, discussing the buyout. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't promote violence. I don't think, you know, violence is the way to go, but I'm pretty sure putting out a Tanya Harding style hit on Suter and Parise would have been cheaper. Yeah, right? very much so. <laughs> like you talk about LTIR usage here, you, you know, you hire someone to, you know, I'm just saying there's people that do things. Yeah, they, they could have totally Kucherov'd it and, and they miraculously come back and they made it to the playoffs. They, there's totally ways around this. You just kind of do it every off season. So, no, well, I, I think, just, the, the Minnesota Wild, are you kidding me? I don't know what the hell you guys are doing. Well, it, even if they it, didn't want to wave, and like the biggest thing is if they retired, Minnesota was screwed I, either way I with it too. So, and what's kind of sad is Minnesota actually had a really good season this year. They, they were, they finished what second, third, and one of the hardest divisions. Like third. third, I believe. Like they they had a good season this year. And now it's just like kaboom. Whoa, go away. Hope like, they this enjoyed is, it. Yeah, I hope they enjoyed it because I'm not convinced they're gonna be there again anytime soon. We know what their window is. One year. 2122. Yeah. That's the yeah, window. It, it closed. After that, sorry guys, you're done. You gotta yeah, finish this. Not good. Not good no. at all. No. In other news that's not good at all, there's some tough news coming out of Montreal this evening in regards to Shea Weber. Apparently, Shea Weber's got some pretty significant injuries. The, the words come out that the Montreal Canadiens aren't going to be protecting him in the expansion draft for obvious reasons. He's not going to get taken. People are fearing that Shea Weber may never play hockey again. This is just in the most solemn way ever are you kidding me this sucks like Shea Weber is an awesome rugged defenseman he's got a slap shot harder than I than maybe Al McInnes is from the day like Shea Weber is a role model when it comes to how a defenseman should play this game good in his own end good in the offensive end and good physical play he, he, he like just he plays it the right way. He's represented Canada at the Olympics. This is, I was actually quite disappointed and I'm not even a Montreal Canadian fans. I'm a Shea Weber fan. This is horrible. I really hope the best for him. I really hope we see him in the league again. He, uh, you could tell after the Canadians lost the Stanley Cup final, the team knew, like the team knew he was playing hurt and they knew there were significant problems and Weber was essentially crying and now we know why. And, yeah. you know, this is absolutely terrible news. And, and I know you can want to take this in a different direction and I do want to go there, but I, I want to give you the opportunity before you do that to say what you want about Shea Weber. The guy, the guy's awesome it, it is from Nashville to, to Montreal to like this, the guy's awesome. Absolutely. And I, I'm going to, I'm going to say you're right, but you miss something that's even more important than Shea Weber the player as a how good of a defenseman he was the leader he, like the 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 take away the playing there's something that he is more than just that of a player he is the epitome of a leader he wears that c on his jersey for a reason after game 5 Carey Price and Shea Weber were at the podium together and Carey Price started off by saying I didn't play good enough when I needed to. 
I let in some, and, and at that point, Shea Weber cut him off, absolutely cut him off and said, not a chance, no way. We didn't play good enough in front of you. We didn't play good enough in front of Carey Price. He did not let his goaltender, probably the only reason that the Montreal Canadiens were there, take the blame for them losing the cup. He stepped in and stopped his teammate from taking the blame and rectified that. And I thought that right there, and I wish we kind of had been able to, I brought it up when it happened right away. Cause I thought that like, that is the, probably one of the classiest things I've seen in a long time by a teammate that the person that got you there is trying to take the blame for the team. And no, no, Shea Weber was not having any of that. And I found that a thousand percent, absolutely the most commendable thing I've seen in a long time in a, in a press conference. And then we got Kucherov. Yeah. Then we got Kucherov. I hundred percent agree with you, Ken. And we could go on all night about Shea Weber. This guy is every team needs 10 Shea Webbers. And I hope we get to see Shea Weber on the ice again. I hope his career is not over. That's the point we want to get to now uh, is about his contract and yes. And what now potentially happens. Ken, Take this where you wanted to go with it. So we've all known Shea Weber has had injury problems in the past. This isn't new. This isn't the Montreal Canadiens going, hey, we got our Kucherov, our LTI for next season. No, this injury, his foot injury has come up in the past where, what was it, two, maybe three seasons ago, they weren't sure if he was going to be able to play and he may retire. Now, that was two, three years ago. He still has four years left on his contract. So that would have put him at six to seven years. Now, because there was no salary retention in the trade of P.K. Subban from Montreal to Nashville for Shea Weber, the full seven-point whatever cap hit comes along with it. Now, if Shea Weber was to retire, the Montreal Canadiens would have been on the hook for all of the recapture penalty. Not the Canadiens. The Nashville Predators are on the hook. It's whoever signed the contract okay. originally is on the hook for it. Which and here's where I'm going to dovetail off on this. It really wasn't Nashville that signed that contract originally. Don't forget, it was the Philadelphia Flyers that offer sheeted him. Well, that led to, the, to them having that. to sign. Well, because the Canucks have some recapture, and so do the Panthers. The Panthers portion of Luongo's cap recapture is smaller because the Canucks retain salary on that. So that's where I don't, I'm not hundred percent sure. Regardless, there would be recapture money, a penalty towards one of the teams, whoever it was because of the way the contract was designed. Now I have no issue with a cap recapture penalty for a team that signs a player to one of these funky deals that are front loaded till they're 87 and then pays them very little actual money because you know you're not going to get much out of an aged player, no matter how much Edmonton tries to squeeze out of Mike Smith. That being said, the NHL has to kind of look at what they've done and what they've allowed over the last couple of years. And even since some of these 
rules and Zach Parise, Ryan Suter, Shea Weber, Roberto Luongo. These are why those this rule is in place. And I'm fine with that, even though it affects the team I cheer for. Now, that being said, my biggest issue with it is you have teams that trade players like um, David Savard and uh, Nathan Horton and the list goes on. Chris Pronger, Pavel Dasu, guys that aren't ever going to play again, their contracts get traded for cap space or relief, one or the other. To me, that's cap circumventing, as is the way you sign those contracts. They allowed this year uh, Savard from Columbus to be traded from Columbus with 50% retention to Detroit with 50% retention, 25% of the actual contract, to then go to Tampa in a three-team deal so that they could still be under the cap, even though they're, we all know, $18 over the cap come playoff time. To me, that's just another form of cap circumventing. So now you have a situation with Shea Weber where he's legitimately hurt. He may not play ever again or for the next two years because of injuries. They haven't fully said he, he will never play again. It's saying, they said it may be a very long time before he plays again, but he's getting older. So will he be able to bounce back? I think there needs to be an adjustment to this rule where if a player is needing to retire because of injury only, on one of these deals where there would be cap recapture penalties that you have the team doctor submit a report, potentially the player's own doctor submit a report. And then the NHL has a third independent doctor who files a report and says, yes, this player will never play again. And at that point in time, player in this case, will just use Shea Weber. Shea Weber retires and the teams go on their merry way. I don't think a team should necessarily be hurt or disciplined or whatever because a guy gets hurt and can't play. Like, there's been so many cases of that where, you know, you've seen guys get a freak injury and they can't play anymore. Right? It, it just it happens. So you can't plan for that. That you don't go into it going, you know, I think in year four of this eight-year contract, they're going to get hurt. So let's not do it that way. I, I just think there needs to be some kind of exemption or with all the shady stuff you're letting teams get away with anyways, get rid of them. Just get rid of the penalty and let teams do what they want. They're doing it anyways. I get to agree with you on most of this where it's like, I like the idea of when it comes to significant injuries and you're talking about salary cap ramifications, whether it be Tampa Bay or now potentially Montreal. And I just had a look and the cap recapture penalties would go against Nashville and Montreal's not really on the hook for much. It would go against the team that signed the contract. I agree with you that there should be team doctors, independent doctors, player doctors, whatever it takes. And when you're talking about the Tampa Bay Lightning trying to circumvent the salary cap the way they did, there should have to be multiple, like it, it should almost have to go to a board to say, yeah, okay, this is, this is legit. This is legit. And I fully agree with you on this, this whole Shea Weber thing, where if the guy doesn't play again, there should be no, 
cap recapture penalties. There should be no salary cap hits. There should be none of this. It should be the guy can't play. He has to retire because he can't play. And three parties have agreed he can't play. It's not for his best health. And I think concussion should fall under this as well, like straight up. Michael Furland. Yeah, exactly. Michael Furland. It's like they can't play. So let's stop worrying about salary cap implications and who's going to get dinged what for how many years. And no matter who signed, get rid of this bullshit. Who cares? The guy can't play. Like, let's worry about the player's health, not his salary cap implications. Let's help. Let's put that salary cap money towards funding for better players like post-career treatments that they can get and concussion research. Like stop worrying about this stuff and start worrying about the player's health. Because that at the end of the day is what is really important here. Shea Weber's health is more important than who gets dinged what and what amount of salary cap. It is just stupid. And I can't believe we're even having to have this conversation because it just makes so much bloody common sense to be like, Maybe we should worry about his actual health first. Come on, NHL and NHLPA, be better than this. Yeah, it was, it was Mark Savard from Boston who, whose contract get, kept getting traded around and around, and David Savard who went from Columbus to, to Tampa. Now, I will say there's a lot of reports out there said the NHL was very involved with the Nikita Kucherov LTIR process. But here's the problem. We all know Kucherov was, what, a month before the end of the season? Ready to go. Ready to practice. Full practice, full gear, everything. He was on the ice, ready to go a month before the end of the season. How Part of the process should be taking forced? physicals. Yes, exactly. He Part should of be forced this, to come back. Exactly. Part of this process of getting third parties and, and people to look at this stuff is, okay, you need to do, like, monthly check-ins. And then if he's given a clean bill of health, which he clearly had, okay, figure it out, get him back in the lineup, start trading people, start sending people to the minors, or here's your salary cap penalty for next season. It's, it, it's it was, in, insane. It was post trade deadline. So what are they supposed to do? Like if you can't play by the trade deadline, because you can't do anything about your cap at that time, you can't, you can put some on waivers, but why would you pick them up? Tyler Johnson was put on waivers how many times and no one touched him. That's five yeah, million. That would have helped him. Right. That, hang on. I got to say something. Here. That trade deadline isn't necessarily true. That doesn't mean you can't stop making trades. The trade deadline just means players that you acquire are no longer eligible to be on your playoff roster. So I'm sorry, Tampa Bay. You're circumventing the salary cap here. You better make a trade and bloody well figure it out. Maybe some of those teams that were already eliminated that know they weren't going anywhere, you might want to dump some of your cap space to them. That the saying that it's past the trade deadline, that's a bunch of bullshit because you can still make trades. And the Tampa Bay Lightning in that scenario, very well. That's a great way to punish them. Pretty much say, better get under the salary cap or he can't play at all this year. I say if, if you're not eligible, if you are not physically able to play and you didn't start the season and you are, you can't play by say the trade deadline for those reasons, then you shouldn't be eligible for the playoffs because it's just, it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, yeah, if you can't acquire a player after the deadline to play into playoffs, a guy who's been out all season, then how's that really any different? Like I know that's a slippery slope, 
but it's not really that much different. The, no, they, they the don't Tampa count as the roster. They yeah, don't the Tampa Bay Lightning the made the biggest trade deadline acquisition of all of them in Nikita Kucherov. Like, I, funny how we went from talking about Shea Weber to a rant on the Tampa Bay Lightning. But they, you're right that the two play hand in hand and kind of the the one team is potentially doing it the right way and one did it the greasy way. And I don't know, there's, there's major problems with the CBA, but I I'm not going to say, Hey, let's amend it and let's figure it out. Cause God knows that could lead to two more seasons of not playing with, yeah. with the way uh, Batman and fear and all those guys negotiate with each other. So I guess we'll live with the rules that we have, but at some point something's got to give and this, the whole injured, not injured, let's figure this out and let's make it work because you got people pissed off at Tampa and now you got a scenario with Shea Weber where it's like, well, really, can we just not worry about his cap hit for a second? Yeah. And if you're in Nashville, you're, uh, you're clenching real tight, hoping that it doesn't happen because that, yes, you're going to be hooped on that one. So exactly. You brought up injuries, which brings us to Vladimir Tarasenko a player who has been injured over the past few seasons and has requested a trade out of St. Louis, which is odd for a top player on a team that is two years removed from winning a Stanley cup. But hold on. The reason is he doesn't trust their doctors. He doesn't trust the team and the medical staff over how his shoulder injuries have gone the past, what, two, three procedures he's had done on them. So there's a clear lack of trust between the player and the team and he wants out, but here's where we get to the, are you kidding me? Trevor, where does he want to go? Where the hell do you think he wants to go? He not wants Calgary. to go to, yeah, not, not Calgary, not Vancouver. So sorry, St. Louis, all you guys thinking Matthew Kachuk for Vladimir Tarasenko, uh, not going to happen. Okay. Here's a shocker of the century. Here's where he wants to go. New York the Islanders or the Rangers, the Washington Capitals, surprise, surprise, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Maybe he wants to win another Stanley Cup. Or there's another beautiful city in Florida. We'll go play with the Panthers. I heard Vegas is nice year-round. The Philadelphia Flyers, okay, one of the usual premier uh, organizations in the league. The Boston Bruins, well, okay, another premier destination in the league. That's eight of the ten teams. Supposedly there's two more teams. Well, I'm going to go out on a limb here and venture a guess that those two teams very well may be the Colorado Avalanche or maybe the Pittsburgh Penguins. Like Not the Kings or me? Ducks? No, I don't see the Kings or Ducks or the San Jose Sharks. Sharks or the Edmonton Coyotes. Oilers or the Winnipeg Jets. I, I don't see them on these lists. I see the 10 most desirable destinations. Well, eight, but I'm assuming the other. The other ones, like maybe the Dallas Stars might be one of those, you know, dark horse teams that he could go to because, you know, like Dallas is terrible to play in. Like, are, are you serious? Like, this is your your trade list? It's like, you could trade me, but you can only trade me to the premier destinations in the NHL. Like, get over yourself, Tarasenko. Like, you, you kind of said you want to play for a, a Stanley Cup contender. I'm sorry, you just won a Stanley Cup. You're worried about team doctors. Okay, I can, I can, uh, I can maybe believe you on that. Well, maybe, let's hope maybe. Philly's gotten rid of their doctors. Then, yeah, I was going to say uh, Philly. Better hope you don't go to Buffalo because, well, that that you ain't going to get along there either. So, 
it's, I don't know, maybe Buffalo and, and uh, St. Louis share a team doctor. I'm not sure, but it's like, talk about, you didn't even have to release this list and we knew who was on the goddamn list. Like, no kidding. Thanks, Vlad. Thanks for coming out there. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I don't know. It, it's an, are you kidding me? I it got Calgary talking a lot. The Calgary Twitter thought this was a slam dunk. Tarasenko was coming and it wasn't even going to cost Kachuk. They thought it was going to be, you know, they were going to fleece St. Louis out of this deal, but uh, don't worry, Calgary, Vince Dunn might become available and I'm sure they'll offer him for Kachuk up in, in the future here. Yeah. It, it, are you kidding me? I get the reasons though, but the list that you, you make too much for some of those teams and those teams aren't going to give up prized possessions in prospects or draft picks or a player on the roster for a guy who's had two or three shoulder surgeries in, in the last two years, it's not going to happen. There's only actually one team on this list that I think it might actually, maybe two, I think Florida could potentially make something work. I'm looking at the Philadelphia Flyers because Philadelphia has got a player on their team that doesn't want to be there anymore. Yeah. Voracek. I don't know. I'm maybe connecting the dots here going, wow, there very well could be a Jakub Voracek for Vladimir Tarasenko type trade in the very near future. Well, I think the feeling's mutual there on that one because they're not protecting him. And there was word they were trying to work a deal with Seattle before for Voracek. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, Yeah, there's not a lot of surprise on, on Tarasenko here. But I could say maybe Seth Jones, but while Columbus isn't a desirable destination, so that ain't going to happen. Sorry, Columbus. You're in the same boat as Calgary. Like the, the framework of a Seth Jones for Vladimir Tarasenko actually makes a lot of sense to me, but no, that won't happen. No, no, not at all. Ken, I got, before we sign off on this, I got one more thing I got to bring up here and I, I got to give, about zero kudos to the Vancouver Canucks uh, marketing department, who today revealed that their new AHL affiliate playing out of Abbotsford, and for those that don't know, Abbotsford is essentially Vancouver. It's in the, the greater Vancouver area. And this team is called the Abbotsford Canucks. Are you kidding me? Like, we <laughs> couldn't come up with something even remotely. Um different something remotely creative like i look at you got the calgary flames and the stockton heat like you got the uh, san jose sharks and they got the barracudas and we've got the vancouver canucks and the abbotsford canucks you got the coyotes and the roadrunners yeah the texas um, the the dallas stars the texas stars there's other teams that have done it but they're not necessarily that close to each other like the bank, the NHL club and the AHL club in Vancouver are. And I, so I got to go one step further on this. They didn't even come up with an original logo. They stole a logo that the Canucks used. Well, it's everybody, not everybody in the Vancouver Canucks marketing department should be fired. This is, this is, Oh my God, this is abysmal. Just abysmal. This is worse than Ken Holland. Not a chance. No way. The, it's not a stolen logo if you already own it because the ownership of the Canucks 
is the same ownership of the Canucks. So it's the same owner for both teams. It's not stolen. The thing is, it's not horrible. It keeps it the same. The Canucks have a whole marketing thing about we were all Canucks. So it somewhat fits that they do keep the same name. Now, I will say, I don't hate it. I don't love it. I don't know what else he would have gone with, though, that would have made a lot of sense. Not There wasn't a huge list or everyone kind of going, yeah, this name makes a lot of sense. This makes a lot of sense. No, there wasn't anything like that. So I don't hate it. The jersey, I thought, could use a little bit more work. I like the fact they went with the Johnny Canuck as opposed to the, the Orca or something else. I also would have loved to see them gone with the skate. It is a nice logo. I will give yeah. credit. Like the Johnny Canuck logo is nice. It's just incredibly unoriginal for a brand new AHL franchise. Yeah. They were outdone by the Vancouver Giants in the uniform department who yesterday released their third jersey, which is a very nice black uniform with the outline of the Giants head like the Johnny Canuck logo sometimes is used as a patch. Very, very nice. I will say putting it out a day before the Abbotsford Canucks are announced. Lovely troll job, Vancouver Giants. Well done. I don't hate it. I know there's a lot of people on Canucks Twitter that are eh, meh on it. They don't hate it. They don't love it. They're fine with it. There's another whole group that is just absolutely losing their collective shit over it. That is the worst thing ever. And oh my God, what is this? I mean, my brother and I did have a conversation where it could lead to some confusion where I say, hey, you want to go to the Canucks game tonight? All right, cool. I'll meet you at the arena. And one shows up in Vancouver, one shows up in Abbotsford, and neither one of them has the tickets. So, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, nothing else stands out to go, this is the obvious choice for the team. You could go Abbotsford Aviators, which was one name that people were throwing around. But that's for a once-a-year event, the Abbotsford Air Show. I mean, I'm kind of partial to Abbotsford assholes because that's what I think the Canucks organization is, but not sure they would have got clearance on that one. No, no. Um, How's your new arena going? Oh, swimmingly. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) What, 60 million over budget and the shovels are supposed to be in the ground like a month ago? Well, to be fair to the organization, I think that is a little more to do with COVID costs than anything else, but no fairness here. Yeah, it's uh, to me, it's it's just unoriginal. I they should have come up with something, and it, you didn't even have to have it make sense with the Canucks organization. It could have just been something else. But to literally name the team and use one of the team's existing logos to me, it it feels like they just kind of took the easy way out. And it's like, here you go. It's almost like they had to put something together in ten minutes. It's like, oh shit, what? No, no, no. Here you go, the Canucks. To be fair. The Abbotsford club does not have a staff. They got a GM, but they don't have much else. Well, that's more than the Canucks have. Even the Canucks are are trying to like hire a whole bunch of people as well too right now. The thing is more referring to the GM part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Jim Benning is lost. That's why they got the Sedins to keep him where he is. Um, They didn't make a huge fanfare about this. There was no big, huge, it was unveiling on Instagram. They, Ryan Johnson, the GM, took some questions. There wasn't a lot made of it. So it wasn't like they were trying to oversell that this is something so great. Um, I did like the fact that uh, Aquilini, 
Benning and I, I can't remember who the other gentleman was in the picture were all wearing Louis Erickson Abbotsford jerseys. I thought it was great. They all had the number 21 on it. I just like, that is a great way to welcome Louis to Abbotsford. I just think it's so fantastic. Well, the good news is with the team in Abbotsford, Louis will be able to be called up on game day and he'll still make it in time. So there won't be any time lost getting Louis between Abbotsford and downtown Vancouver. Like it's, you know, about an hour sky train. So he, he's good to go. Like th- well, this the, should work out well for the Vancouver Canucks. The saving face for Louis Erickson and probably Roussel is they can still say they play for the Canucks and no one's going to ask. You know which what one. that is? You just absolutely hit the nail on the head right there. It, we are all Canucks, whether you're, you're <laughs> Louis Erickson or well, maybe Jake Bertan and will still be there. Uh, no, Jake we are Bertan all Canucks still. They can, they can definitely say that. So good on them. Yeah. Jake Bertanen right now uh, will not be a Canuck probably after the expansion draft or other things come out. So yes. one way or another, Jake Bertanen will not be donning either Canuck uniform ever again, even though Abbotsford <laughs> is his hometown. Well, there you have it. That was our episode this week of Are You Kidding Me? We ran a little bit longer than normal, but I don't know about you guys. Ken and I were having a blast doing this one. There's some uh, interesting topics out there right now. We got the expansion draft this weekend or uh, next week, sorry. And we may go live for that. So keep your eyes peeled for us potentially going live for the expansion draft. We got the exposed list coming out on the weekend. We got the NHL draft. Coming up in a little over a week, we've got free agency. Ken and I, we're going to take our stabs at free agent predictions again. I think I went nine for 10 last year and Ken went zero for 10. We'll see if I can hit the nail on the head again. Wait, 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 wait. Incorrect picks, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I went nine for 10. Incorrect. Yeah. You know what I meant. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So that's our show. Once we can figure out how to go live, we will put out all the information for next Wednesday. We really want to do a Seattle expansion draft recap as it happens, discuss who they're taking and any deals that may or may not be made. It's going to be a lot of fun. So until then, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.